This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you along with us for this liquor week. And what are we doing on this liquor week, Dad? We're doing blended liquors. Blended whiskeys. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> blended whiskeys. As it turned out, we're all we're both doing scotch, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> and most others are usually blended, but this is a specific thing that we're doing. So we're doing blended whiskeys, Dad. With no E. Because <laughs> they are both from Scotland. All right. Dad, what are you doing and what are I, your pairings I'm this week? doing the famous grouse. And my pairings this time are really simple. Chocolate-covered raisins, dates, and I didn't do the bacon. This time it's just the cheese and the almond. And then I snuck in a little bit of syrup on them. And then I have a dry Italian sausage. What's the cheese it's in? Uh, gorgonzola. Okay, cool. Just a little bite. You know, yeah. it may not, that, that Gorgonzola may mess up the whole deal, but anyway, <laughs> we'll find out. All right. And then I'm doing from Compass Box Scotch Whiskeys, I'm doing their Artist Blend Whiskey. Ooh, sounds good. And my pairings this week are, I have Antipasti, which include two meats and three cheeses that mm-hmm. we'll talk about. I have Pasta Carbonara and I have some oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. All right. Chocolate chip. All right. Chocolate. Yep, mm, with okay. oatmeal. Yeah, and we both got chocolate. Then. Yep, and before we jump into, we have got to talk about the blind from last week oh, because yeah. it was a controversial one. <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, I remember now. And, uh, okay. and okay. we'll t- we'll yeah. talk about it for a little bit. So, yeah. Dad thought it was Blue Moon. Yes. And it was actually Fat Tire. And after the episode, we started looking into it, and Fat Tire has had a complete overhaul in their recipe. I'm, fu- and I'm throwing the flag on this one, Josh. You know, I, I'm I, just throwing it down and calling for the refs to do a replay and see what they think. Well, because like I, the old fat tire does not look, did not look, does not look like this new one. Well, if you were listening to what I was saying, yes. <laughs> was they have done a complete overhaul and it is more of a, Belgian wheat style beer now exactly. rather than the amber after 32 years that changed the whole deal so so we'll give you got the style you got the style dead on yeah but <laughs> it just wasn't the right it just wasn't the right beer well and the stupid thing is after after we went off air Josh goes oh it's flat tire and I said that tire I saw those bottles in there and I noticed that they look different. Now they go, oh, he's using that for something he's cooking. I was and, drinking it while I was grilling. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, and so I, I couldn't. You know, it, it did not look like it. It did not taste like it. It is not it. Thirty-two years later, it's now changed. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. So I'll, if I'll, you're going, I'll, if you have not had the new fat tire, I highly suggest going and trying it. Right. Just know, going into it, if you pull a fat tire thinking you're going to get an amber ale, you mm-hmm. are not going to get that. You're not going to get the darkish color that you used to. It's you a might, complete. It's maybe a, what you ought to do is it's take a, a completely fat, different beer. Yeah. Maybe you ought to take a fat tire and a Belgium wheat or a white and a blue moon and tell me what you think. No, I, I agree with you. I believe that they had. They, I mean, in the research that I did, they didn't say what style it is now, mm-hmm. but it is. Along those lines of a, it's definitely a wheat beer now. Everybody gets to rebrand. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Diamond Bear rebranded so much that I go in there and I go, okay, which which beer is it? Well, yeah, they completely <laughs> changed there. Well, and it's like uh, uh, to the nail, the wine, the label's totally different. Yeah. And I couldn't New. find it. I had, had, I had to ask for help. New ownership. We'll do that. Yep, yep. Okay, well, I'm I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give you we'll give you a passing grade on that one. Oh, well, I hope so. Woo, because I mean, all the flavors and everything you were saying were correct. Mm-hmm. It's just got down to you. You called a beer mm-hmm. a specific beer, mm-hmm. and you were wrong. But like I said, we'll give you a passing. That's two points off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, let's go Remind ahead. Remind us what you got in your in your sides again. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and start with mine. We're gonna get into this whiskey. So this is from Compass Box Scotch Whiskey Makers, 
And this is their artist blend. So this isn't a line of blended whiskeys that they do for it with Glasgow, Scotland in mind. There mm-hmm. are two different whiskeys. You have the artist blend and then you have the Glasgow blend. Okay. This is the artist blend. And my pairings are, I have, I'm calling it antipasti because I think this whiskey would go well with the beginning of the meal stuff. Like you get in Italy, you get the meats and cheeses. I didn't get any olives or anything like that. So for the meats, I have brusola and I have duck ham. And for the cheeses, there's some Parmesan, some goat cheese, and some Wisconsin sharp cheddar. Uh, I think it's a good variety of cheese there. And then we have pasta carbonara and some oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. So on the on the uh, color, it's very pale. It's It's pale. Uh, it's got a little gold in it, so it's probably got some some wood time. I don't know. What well, has to? Yeah. Did you say is it? Does it have a year on it? No. Okay. Most blended whiskeys will not have age designation. Okay. Well, I have I have a footnote to that later, but uh, yeah. And so it's it's been an oak, and I I I get a little of the vanilla smell. I get some fruit, and I'm not sure what what that fruit might be. I haven't tasted it yet. Maybe like cranberries, something light. It you know it's not. Maybe, maybe cherry. I see you over there nosing it. What what are you getting? I mean, I get a lot of like like sweeter tree fruits, like you're talking about, like mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like a date. Like almost dried, like dates. Okay. Almost like dried, kind of like you said, dried cherry. I think would be a good, would be a good note. Okay. But it's definitely it's definitely more fruit forward. It's definitely floral. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more. It's on the lighter side of whiskeys, and that's kind of what they're going for. And I stuck my nose all the way in the glass, and man, I you know I could have been ooh. But I wasn't, so I'm assuming it's about 40%. 43. 43? Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not up there around 50. Thank goodness, or I'd have burnt my nose there. <laughs> so, 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 on yeah, there. I, I, it, it, it's pretty fruit forward. I agree with you. Yeah. Now, I'm going to have to taste it. Is that okay? No, it is not. Okay, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, blended whiskeys are, are an interesting subset of whiskeys in general because in my opinion they're kind of made out of necessity we've talked about single malt whiskeys before Mm -hmm. which come from one malting or cooking Mm -hmm. of the malt and then that whole that one cooking is distilled and then it is set aside so that's a single malt whiskey now these whiskeys you know if you think about it before i say that you know, Macallan. Let's just go with Macallan. Let's go with Macallan. When they make, I got another story uh, about that too. I know because that's that's yours. Mm-hmm. Or we'll use we'll use one of the ones that is in that's in mine. We'll say the Cameron Bridge Distillery. The Cameron Bridge Distillery. Where is that? It's in the Highlands. Okay. Yeah. They let's say they make a single malt whiskey. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to sit on it for ten years. Right. Now you can't business wise it's not sustainable you can't make money if you're sitting on something for 10 years if you've got nothing else so if you've right. got nothing else right. if you're just so starting out. what happens a lot of times is these big distillers that make single malt whiskey will sell a run of whiskey to another maker right and that gives them income to come in and then they can continue to hold on to their to their whiskeys but it, it it creates this market for these other makers to blend together mm-hmm. these different distilleries to come out with a particular product. Now, probably the most famous blended whiskey in the world is Johnny Walker. Mm-hmm. Johnny Walker is a blended whiskey. Mm-hmm. It is a blended scotch. Uh, J&B is another one that right. is very famous. Shivas Rial. All those are blended whiskeys now shivas does have an age designation on theirs because you can have that designation if you only bottle that old of 
right. mall. Right. <laughs> I mean, so there is a caveat to that, mm-hmm. but that is the exception in the in the blended whiskey game. It's not the rule. Okay, Josh. Right now, Duck Duckham's in the lead. Well, Duckham's always in the lead. Well, that's the first one I grabbed. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only thing I've had. But that that sweetness of that Duckham, and then that, if you will, the sweetness of the Scotch. And what little fruit might be in the taste of this scotch? So it's like I took some duck ham and I put, okay, I'm going to use this analogy. It's like Thanksgiving. You you get that cranberry sauce and you put that on whatever. You put that on your turkey. It's as if I used cherries or whatever's in here that's smelling on that duck ham. Okay. And so... That made a really good pairing, and that that creaminess of this whiskey, and then that oiliness of the duck ham, they just go well together too. They do, yeah, they really do. The brusola does not go well. It turns I just everything. Skip it? You can. I mean, you're welcome to try it, but it just turns everything really bitter. So they in this blend. You know, so when blenders are going after that, they go after a specific style. Mm -hmm. So when they talk about this, when Compass Box talks about this whiskey, they talk about it being, and it's even on the label, fruity, creamy, and rich. So they're going for that, that more coating mouthfeel, that really long finish, that light, lightness on the palate, that fruity. So this is, if you want, and I really think this to be true, if you want to get into whiskey, I would start here. This is so light, so easy to drink. It'd be great on the rocks, with maybe with a touch of water. If you're looking for something to get into, I think this is a great option. Well, I, I started with the Famous Grouse and the same thing. We'll talk about Wait, that Famous later. Grouse was you your know. first ever whiskey? That is true. Really? Well, okay, I'm very interested for that story, but we'll get to it well, when, it's, when it's your turn. But I think, I and think you're right. You're right about the Brasola. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's not good. I I don't know why. It's it's so lacking. Okay, it's so lacking of fat. That might be why. It's also just and it's and it's, if you will, it's so dry. Yeah. So you don't have that sweetness that the Duckham did. So Duckham's still in the running. It's still in the in the lead. You know, and that Bristol, <laughs> I mean, it looks good. It's like, how do they make that? That, you know, it's thin, thin sliced and it's good stuff. I the Bristola? Yeah. So it's cured dried beef. Yeah. And so you would think, man, I, if I had a big old thick chunk of this, like big old steak, I think that would go with this guy. No, because... Now you're thinking, now you're saying, hey, I'm going to have a big old chunk of salami? No. That's what this is. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, like, I agree with you, maybe a steak, maybe that coffee rub steak. That we had last week. Yeah, yeah. as long as you've got some fat in your meat, I think mm-hmm. would be fine. Mm-hmm. But the brisola with the pepper and how dry it is, and it just clashes with this whiskey. This whiskey yeah. is soft, it's elegant, mm-hmm. it's... Creamy. sweet mm-hmm. it's got a really good sweet honey flavor that i think that it, it's just a it's too harsh of a it's too harsh of a connection there's nothing right. that connects the two right. really now you've got the two cheeses wait a minute there's three cheeses three cheese goat cheese there's goat cheese there is parmesan parmesan reggiano Pugano. yep and then cheddar cheddar okay i just had the cheddar and the cheddar seems to do about the same thing as the brusola. It just, to me, it just didn't, it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's a good cheese. You're not going to eat it all day. But it doesn't really, I don't think it'd go with either one of these scotches. Right. So, Compass Box has been around since about, actually it's fairly new. It's been around, it's only been around since 2000. Oh, okay. So. That's real new. Yeah, so it's. You know, in its in its kind of infancy, and they only do blended they only do blended scotches. And they're in Edinburgh. No, this is just an ode to Edinburgh. Oh, okay. 
I'm not exactly sure where or thing. Where said something about Glasgow. Well, so they have a Glasgow blend that yeah. and then they have an artist blend. So the artist blend is an ode to mm. Edinburgh. Okay. And the Glasgow blend is an ode to Glasgow. Okay. Which if you've ever been to Scotland, those two cities have very different vibes. So it's very cool that they've done two mm-hmm. different styles for those two different those two different major cities of um, of the country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the guy who started this worked for, his name's John Glaser, G-L-A-S-E-R. Mm-hmm. He worked for big distillers and then realized he wanted to do more of kind of this blending style. And he was actually an American. He's actually an American who lives in London. And then he decided to do a little bit more of his own style. So okay. this is this is on the sweeter side, like I've talked about. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that is, is because out of the six different distilleries that this whiskey is blended from, mm-hmm. four of them you are using first fill bourbon barrel. Okay. So you're getting that sweetness from the bourbon mm-hmm. that's being used. And then the other two, you have a... French oak barrel, and then you have a ooh, wow. you have a barrel that has port heads on. It. Oh, uh, so in Scotland you can do so many different things with barrels because there are oh, no yeah. regulations right. when it comes to barrel. So the one and it's only five percent of the blend, and it's from Linkwood Distillers that they use a riveted Palo Cordero barrel, Cordando barrel. And it has sherry seasoned butts, which are the two sides of the of the barrel. Wow! And it's a and it's a single malt, and it's it doesn't say how long it's in there, right? And you know this is made from one, two, three, four, five single malts and one blended malt. Oh, okay. So it's a really cool thing. Like you oh, know, yeah. we talked about with the blending with the uh, blended bourbon mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. And it kind of leads into this blended whiskey idea of, you know, it's it's an artistry mm-hmm. to blend these together and hit that profile that you're looking for because you're not making anything. You get the raw product. Right. And then you're the one who creates the flavor profile that you exactly. want. Now, they have a what whole... What a tough job that they do. I know. It'd be, it'd oh, be man. so tough. Oh, we need just a little more. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, a little more. (laughs) (laughs) So they have a lot of different whiskeys. You know, they have this artist blend. They have the Glasgow blend. They have one that's called Hedonism, which was the first one that they ever did. Hedonism? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They have the Orchard House, the Story of the Spaniard, the Spice Tree, and the Peat Monster. Uh, Those are the whiskey, and they're all blends. Now, can all we get all those whiskeys. in Arkansas? Um, if there, if there's stock of them, yes, you oh, can. Okay. I know. So the hedon, so the the hedonism and the other ones that I said after that mm-hmm. are going to be single malt Scotch prices. Okay, so we're talking, you know, eighty in a eighty and above, eighty nine hundred, whatever. Yeah, but the uh, the artist blend in the and the Glasgow are in that about forty dollar forty to fifty dollar okay. range. Okay. So a lot more approachable. So that was another reason why I think that's a great yeah intro great scotch. Intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been talking a lot. You've been eating. I've been snacking. Now it's time for you to talk about So while we got we got the goat cheese and the Parmigiano. And so the Parmigiano, I I took several tastes of it. It's it's got enough flavor and sweetness, if you will to go well with this guy. On the other hand, the goat cheese kicked its butt. I mean, kicked it. <laughs> because that goat cheese has so much, I want it's not really sweetness. It's it's just that sour, sour that you have with goat cheese. Acidity. It's, and it's the, it's like that fat on the, on the duck. It's that acidity, as you said. That just really goes with the, with the scotch. Unfortunately, that kick kick poor little duck ham 
in the butt or in the ham. <laughs> and he's now running second. But a close second to, you know, Parmigiano, if you will, because Parmigiano's right up there too. So I I really like this this scotch. I'm I'm curious about the, the Glasgow blend. Have you had the Glasgow? I have. It's more peaty. Okay. A lot but it's not a lot peat. Depends on your peat meter. Okay, my peat meter is different than yours, and so you'd say it's medium and I'd say it's low. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I would I would want to try it, you know, just for that fact. Yeah. So I saw you over there with the noodles and you're scooping another scoop. You're probably having to double check something. I'm afraid I'm thinking that may be the number one or the best plate. And we're not doing best plates yet, but wow, this is really good scotch. Yeah. It's a like I said, it's so approachable. I mean price point it's approachable, flavor wise it's approachable. Yeah, so the Glasgow would not be your entry level because of the peatiness that you just described. I would I would not say so, unless you're trying to get into whiskey but you like mezcal. So if you've already if you've been drinking tequila and then you you then you got into mezcal but you still haven't got into whiskey or scotches, if you like mezcal, you could enter that way. Or maybe you're an Indian pale ale and you like that bitterness. Which might add to that smokiness too. True. And tell me what you tasted on the the noodles. So it's really good. The thing about it, there's a couple things about this carbonara that aren't sitting well with me. I now the pork fat did. What? You got pork fat on it. Yes, I mean there's that, that went well. Right? There's pork fat in there. <laughs> the cheese, the sauce didn't create the way I wanted it to, but. With that being said, it's really good. So you get this like rich eggy flavor and this hot bite of the pepper and the crispiness and the crispy saltiness of the guanciale. It goes really well for the first bite. The more you eat and the more pepper hot your mouth gets, the less pleasant it is with the whiskey Mm. because heat increases alcohol Mm -hmm. and so for me the more i ate of it with the more i drank of it the hotter and the more alcohol was presented and it the less i enjoyed the pairing i have to agree with you to the point of i like i like the pepper i like that cheese but you're right i get so much heat with the scotch (laughs) After tasting that, mm-hmm. and it's the I pepper. get that scotch burn that we didn't get before. Yep, and it's it's the it's, presence it's of the pepper. Uh huh, uh huh. I don't think it. I don't think it's pork belly because there wasn't that much in there. But I made sure that every bite had it. it <laughs> well, that's not pork belly. What is it? It's guanciale. Oh, okay. So it's well, cheek. Okay, okay, cheek. <laughs> okay, but that meat that's in there. I made sure I had a bite of it every time. I think by itself it beat the boards over all over the place. I don't know about the tuchan by itself. But this is going to be a... <laughs> I don't know. I say this every week, Josh. <laughs> this best on plate. What am I going to pick? It's always, it's always. ooh, what am I going to do? And then suddenly it's like, okay, time for best on plate. What are you going to do? Okay, this one. <laughs> well, so to get to the cookie... To counterbalance that heat in okay. your mouth, eat some goat cheese. Because mm-hmm. the creaminess of the goat cheese is going to calm down that pepper spice. Mm-hmm. So it'll take your mouth back and the, and the whiskey taste back too. Mm-hmm. what it was. Now, how'd you find this one? Um, it's been one that I've seen on the shelf and then I had it put into my path um, mm-hmm. through a couple different ways. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to try this. And it's, you know, it's less known. You know, one of the things I like to do is I like to find these little diamonds in the rough that are, Mm -hmm. you know, not ones that people may know. And most of the time, they're really good. Uh Uh-huh. You know, if you make scotch cocktails, this is another one that that could go in because it's the price is not too high. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, 40 bucks, it's a bottle of bourbon Mm -hmm. nowadays. Right. 
I'm trying that cookie right now. So that chocolate is, is very prevalent in the oatmeal cookie. I can't say there's chocolate within the scotch, but with that chocolate cookie, it makes me think there is. And I think it's just because the melding of these flavors goes so well together. Now, I'm st <laughs> I've still got that burn down my throat, I think, from the pepper. Even yeah. though I did the goat cheese like you recommended. And the goat cheese did calm everything down. And the goat cheese, we hadn't had goat cheese on the show in a while. And it seems... It seems really? It was on last week's burger. Oh, well, it was not. Don't you remember last week? I was trying to dissect everything, and I just got so tired of trying to dissect it. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going over here, and this is better than brownie. <laughs> <laughs> and you ended up with the brownie, too. Wait a minute. That was that on was my plate. That was your plate. That was on my plate. But <laughs> you went with the steak on my I plate. Went on the, yeah, I went on the pepper steak. That was amazing to have that pepper. Puffy. Huh? It was coffee. That's right. It was coffee, and then we were drinking wine, so it was a totally different show. Yeah. No, this is this is good. You you got some good pairings here. The, so the cookie goes really well because mm -hmm. it's it's full enough, but it's not too heavy. And the oatmeal, I think, is what saves the cookie. It's not overly sweet. You have that rich malty kind of. I mean, you that kind of. You know, the graininess that you get from oatmeal, from oats, mm -hmm. which I think balances well with the scotch. Yeah. The, so did you just say that the it the cookie did not need the chocolate? No. To go with this scotch? No. I think just a plain old oatmeal cookie would be great. Oh, yeah. I think any, I think any cookie that has oatmeal would be good with this. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a, a no-bake cookie, whether it's a... Salted chocolate oatmeal cookie, whether mm -hmm. it's an oatmeal raisin cookie. Speaking of which, I'm over here cheating. Well, it can't be best on plate, so I'm really not cheating. I just reached over and grabbed some chocolate raisins. It's fantastic. I think this the scotch is so light and so balanced in the sweet realm. But, and has and the that fruit. And has that that kind of coating mouthfeel. That it's going to go well with most things that are going to be on the sweeter side, that are going to be not spicy or not real kind of dry. And the other thing about Bursola is Bursola has a bunch of pepper on it, too. Mmm. There you have it. <laughs> so, anything else about this uh, whiskey before we uh, switch over? Well, no, except I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the perfect time to switch. All right. So remind us what yours is, Dad, and your parents. It's the famous grouse, and I have chocolate-covered raisins. I have dates with the, the gorgonzola cheese and almond. Did not do the bacon wrap, and I put the syrup on, because when I do the bacon wrap, I put the syrup on top of the bacon, and then I have dry Italian salami. And if you notice, listeners, when you see the Instagram pictures, I am using the stemmed type whiskey glass. And I did that for a couple reasons. Because sometimes in that lower southern highlands, that's the kind of glass they use. The other reason I did that is because I poured it early and this glass has a lid. And that lid helps keep those aromas from vaporizing into the air back here in the podcast room. It is blended, just like Josh described. I think I don't think to go over all the rules about blended. But the company that started Famous Grouse is in that area of the Southern Highlands. So... You know, there's Speyside, and then there's Highlands, and this is in the Southern Highlands. And because it's blended, there's two whiskeys that are prominent, if you will, in this blended scotch. There, the it's the it's the Edrington Group, 
in Scotland that is the founders under this scotch. And there's a it's produced by Matthew Glog and Son. And it started in 1896. So it's been around a long time. And the neat thing too about that is it has been the highest selling whiskey brand in Scotland since 1980. Now I don't know if it is today. I'm looking at a you know a Wikipedia so you don't know when they've updated it. But that says a whole lot to me to be the number one blended scotch in Scotland. Now, the funny thing is, it's 40%, and yours is 43, right? And so, I think that's probably more normal. I don't know. I don't know what normal is to you, as far as blended. No. Have you nosed it? Tell me what you got. I haven't yet. Honestly, I was eating some more pasta to put more (laughs) carbs on my stomach before I moved to whiskey number two. All right, let me hit pause. It's almost salty. Salty? Yeah. There's almost this like salinity quality to it. There's some fruitiness in there, but it's really savory. Like it comes across and it reminds me of just really savory stuff like like almost more meat or almost more seafood or oyster like it reminds me more of that and there's more like nut nuttiness cream okay and i've still got that pepper in my mouth so i took a little goat cheese to kind of clear that out um just to refresh my my pairings are the chocolate covered raisins and i have dates with with the cheese with the almond and the and the syrup and then i put some dried salami out and i also have the crackers to go with it but i recommend not using the crackers so that we just get the straight salami taste so i can't remember the guy's name josh and we were we were over at uh, charlie hart's for an event and he was a, a scottish guy that was working and he was living in the apartment uh, behind charlie's house and we got to talk about scotch okay and uh, I told him I like famous grouse, and he goes, oh, no, 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 use bells. Now, I've never had bells. Have you had bells? I've never Scar- seen bells. Well, I <laughs> huh? I've never seen it. Well, I haven't either, and I think that's what we told him. And he goes, oh, well, that's terrible. That's wrong. But the interesting thing that I discovered about the famous grouse is when they first started, they just called it the grouse. Okay, and it's got, if you look at the label, it's a, a beautiful picture of, of the bird, the grouse. Which, for those of you who don't know, a grouse is a bird. Yes. It's kind of a ground bird. It is a ground bird, and people... Along the same line of, like, a pheasant. Yes, on the same line as a pheasant, and there are areas where they shoot them. Yeah, um, they're, they're, a, they're a game, they're a hunted game up in, in, our, in uh, England, in the Isle. Yeah, and in the United States, there's an area where a transmission line was going in, and there was a lot of people fighting for that transmission line to not go in because the lesser grouse was in that area, and they knew what would happen is on if the transmission line went in, the raptors would be up on the transmission line and see the grouse and eat them. Where was that? Uh, uh, that was in Nebraska. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> I honestly didn't know we had grouse in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, we do. Now, I don't know the difference between a lesser grouse. And the famous one. And the Well, I know the difference between the famous one, but the lesser grouse is, is just, you know, it's a different bird. Now, what I discovered, too, is there's the famous grouse, which we can get here in arkansas and i'm sure all over the nation because it is the number one in scotland since 1980 so it's it's highly rated in the united states but there are several others yeah there's a black grouse there's a black grouse there's a snow grouse there's the black alpha grouse there's the grouse that's dated and i think it's either 16 or 18 year old and then there's one called the naked grouse. Now, I've seen black grouse. 
I've seen black grouse in Arkansas. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, famous grouse is a majority. They're the two. They blend from two houses majority. Yes, majority. It is the the, McAllen and Highland Park. That's correct. Okay. Those are two highly rated, graded houses, if you will, and they're very, very different styles Mm -hmm. as well. So before you go any farther, I kind of want to talk about my first couple tastes, comparative to the Compass Bar, and I'm giving you a time, giving you a chance to eat a little bit. Okay. So I'm I'm confused by this whiskey. Really? Yes. Confused. Knowing the two whiskeys that they come from, Mm -hmm. it's really thin on the palate. It tastes. Yes. It tastes. And, I, and I'm not sure if it's just how the experience from the the compass box was, but it's really kind of it's a watery thin on the palate, like oh. just the mouthfeel. The flavor is still there. It's still got a great, like, almost honey roasted like almonds flavor. It's still got that salinity, that like depth mm-hmm. of flavor. But the mouthfeel to me is so light. Mm. On the palate, are you? Do you experience some of the same? Do you experience the same thing? Well, I'm going to use a different word. I'm going to use creamy. See, but that's the exact opposite. That's the exact well, opposite I, of mouthfeel. To me, they're both creamy. Now, as far as thin, I hadn't got there to know which one is quote thinner. It's just how it present, how like how it feels in your mouth. This has nothing to do with flavor. It has nothing to do with, you know, smell. It's all about the presence of the whiskey within your mouth. Like, it just, it's there. I get good flavor, and then it's gone. Okay. Like, short so finish. To me, that, to me that's the finish. And to me, you're right. The finish of yours was a, at least a medium plus, where this is at the most a medium. This, Yeah. It's it's very short. And so that's a huge difference. Now, yours is the 43%. Mine is 40% ABV. And to me, that's a lot of the difference, too, is that sometimes I think that has to do with the mouthfeel. Well, so alcohol does vis- has viscosity, right. which does kind of change that. Which is why we look at, when we blind taste, that's why we look at legs and mm-hmm. in wine is for viscosity. Now, these are beautiful legs. Now, this glass is different. Right. But, I don't know. It's just, it, it was it was so different to right. me that it was surprising. Because knowing the pedigree of the two whiskeys, and I've mm-hmm. had both of them. I've had both single malts from mm-hmm. Highland Park so and from the McAllen. Right. It was very surprising to me that it was that but thin when we and had, short. But when we had those, they were like twelve year old or meant or or more. Still, yeah, I, I yes. And so this is probably three year old or something. But yes, but knowing the pedig- just knowing the pedigree of it, right? I would expect a different presence in my in in the in that field. You know, Highland Park usually a bit more peaty that's where we're uh, to me knowing that that's where i'm getting that salinity from because highland park is more of a a high highlands or almost an well, isla style it's, scotch it's, uh space high right so it's, it's space high so it's very far north it is it's island. coastal it's yeah. gonna have a little bit more peat to it and it's a lot more salty right me. and so the black grouse is majority Highland Park. That's why it's black. Highland Park is black labeled well, the, and everything the, like that. So there's the black grouse and then there's the black alpha. And my research showed that the black alpha is more peaty than the black. And I don't know numbers or anything like that. And I, I've never seen it in Arkansas. I guess I've never black really al- looked. Yeah, black alpha probably wouldn't get here. We right. w- we'll probably we would be lucky out of the besides black and the famous. We'd be lucky to see the naked. And then the snow grouse. Oh, maybe the snow. The snow grouse is another one. And it's it's intended to be drunk cold. 
so like a limoncello or something. You're supposed to chill it. And so if we had it here and we were to nose it and it's cold like that, we'd get nothing or very little. But I would think after you opened it up and warmed it up, it'd be probably very similar. I don't know. Uh-huh. So I've been watching some videos and this is this guy's from South Africa. And he was going through all of these. And the naked grouse is very interesting because the bottle is naked. I mean, the the label and stuff is up on the top where the cap would be. And then everything else is just glass. And you can feel the, you can feel the grouse in that bottle. That'd be pretty cool. So on the, on the nose and on the taste, I get those raisins and the chocolate. So that's why I wanted to do the chocolate covered raisin. Hmm. Now I get the, you know, dried fruit. So you've been tasting it and you've been smelling it. Do you get do you get chocolate or raisin? I don't. Okay. I get like I said, it's very to me it's very savory. Uh-huh. It's definitely more I can see maybe some dried fruit. But it's still just very savory like and I think the savoriness is that peat. That bat like that hidden peat. And I think that's the only way I can describe it is knowing that there is a pedigree of peat in this. It's really in the background. And well, I think that's what's very giving, little peat to me. Right. But I think that's, you know how you kind of looked at me funny when I said savory? Yeah. I think I think it's the peat presence that's giving me that hint of savory with everything. You get any bacon spices? I get some. I get more on the baking spices. It's more like allspice mm-hmm. or... Yeah, more allspice. Yeah, I don't get any nut than any than wow. anything. Maybe, maybe some clove. But if I had to, if I had to say spice, it's just gonna be um, mm-hmm. allspice. Mm-hmm. So when, I've actually never drunk this neat before. I've I've only ever had it in cocktails. Well, that's the main way I drink it too, and that's okay. So that was makes my a first, great blood and sand. That was my first experience. Was a famous grouse, rusty nail. And then I realized, geez, for the money, this bottle that I have here is, it's got to be a 750. No, dad, that's a handle. That's a, that's a liter and a half. Uh, that's a liter 0.75. <laughs> yeah, it's a handle. And it's 40 a buck. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who could go wrong buying this one as an entry level? Now. Do you want to Flavor? buy 1.75 as an entry level? Probably not. Now they make a smaller bottle. <laughs> yeah. But the but the deal is the smaller bottle is a lot smaller. It's 0.75, I guess. And it's 20 bucks or 25 or something. So, so for the money, for once the, you know, you get this one. For the money, but for the flavor, for people who aren't, Whiskey drinkers. I agree. If you're going from like bourbon into scotch, Famous Grouse definitely could be a great entry level. But I think if you're coming out from anywhere besides being drinking bourbon mm-hmm. or drinking other whiskeys and then trying to get into scotch, I'm not sure the flavor profile would be as acceptable as others which are out there. Okay. It is a great value. Famous Grouse is a great deal. If you're looking for a bar stocker and you like the way it presents in, a, in the cocktails which you're going to make, go for it. I am not as sold on this as a standalone Myself. beverage mm-hmm. as other blended whiskey. So and listeners, I, I, on the show, we drink things straight. And I, I'll be honest that normally we don't. Right. You know, this kind of scotch, we put it in a cocktail. And we're trying to, for the show's purpose, we're trying to give you the taste of what it is by itself. So yeah. you'll know when you blend it with your, blend it is not really, when you put it with your cocktail, you'll know what that base level of your scotch is 
taste anyway. Right? Yeah. Now, it's very interesting. And I think it shows, possibly can show a philosophical difference between the two makers. That I really think Famous Grouse is made for a cocktail. Or is for like scotch and soda. Or Mm -hmm. like those sorts of things. I think Compass Box, they're looking at something that can be a standalone, mm-hmm. but can also is, at least in the artist blend. Now, mm-hmm. the hedonism and all those, mm-hmm. those are definitely meant, those are definitely meant to be drunk by themselves. They right. blend them that way. Mm-hmm. But I think with the artist blend and the Glasgow blend, they're looking at more of a, it can be drunk neat, but hey, it's also affordable enough that, and it mm-hmm. has the flavors that you can balance it within a cocktail. Right. So Man, this is we've been talking a lot. Never done this. So have you tried the raisins? I haven't tried the raisins yet, but I've tried the salami and the date. Tell tell me about the date. The dates are good if I don't get too much cheese. Yeah. For me personally, that funkiness of the mm-hmm. gorgonzola mm-hmm. fights with the whiskey. Mm-hmm. But the almond and the date work really well. Mm-hmm. And it's that it's some of the flavors that are already in here. Now, we both put water in this. Mm-hmm. Did you like it better with water or without? Without water, always you know we talk about how it blooms it, but it also dilutes it. I mean, we don't put much water. You know, all scotches come out at whatever percent ABV, and then they. Cut it with water. With water to get down to 40, 43, whatever. So to put water in it again is not really the intent other than to just get the flavors. So why we put water in is like this famous grouse. I did not perceive any honey until I put the water in. So I got the honey this time. And I have, I have protect of this scotch before and that's why i put the i should have put honey on these dates but i I used the maple syrup and that's why i did that because there's honey here i agree with you the gorgonzola was probably not a good idea on these dates because that's so funky it really doesn't go with the scotch at one time i want you to try it doesn't even have to be for the show but rather than using gorgonzola, using goat cheese. Mm-hmm. And see what that would. It'd probably go better with this scotch. Well, it might. But like we said, I don't think that this scotch is not meant to be drunk by itself. When I bloomed it, I got much more, I got more peat presence. Which always happens with peat. If I put water in anything that's got peat, like anything that has any kind of peat presence on it, that peat presence is going to be just amplified. Okay. That's why I personally would never suggest for somebody to drink Laforid, Lagaluvin, Ogbar, the Peat Monster, any of those big peaty scotches. Mm-hmm. I would never suggest for you to drink them on the rocks Mm-mm. or with water. Just drink them neat. You don't need anything else. Right. Now, did you did the raisins now? Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's good. It shows the sweetness of the scotch more. Yes. It, sh- it really shows out the that honey that you're talking about, mm-hmm. which I really didn't get before. Right. The salami, did to me, did not go well. Just like the... The, <laughs> the, the fat worked, but the, the cured mm-hmm. meat part of it mm-hmm. really didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not sure I have much more. So, what was the first blended scotch you ever had neat or on the rocks? Oh, Johnny Walker. Mine too. Yeah, Johnny Walker Black was my... Well, red or black. Well, see, I used to order... Red was cheaper, so I, I'm i sure I had red. I'm sure I had red. <laughs> I used to order Johnny Walker Black on the rocks mm-hmm. when I was first kind of getting into whiskey because mm-hmm. I didn't really get into whiskey until my mid-20s. Okay. Oh my I goodness, Josh. Oh, <laughs> Scotch. <Wait a> <laughs> I know. Official drinker is 21. 
<laughs> well, yeah. You made it all the way to 25. <laughs> I really, yeah. And I, I remember I didn't like scotch until I turned 25. There's some, you know. You know, smoke on the glass. I hate smoking the glass. <laughs> That's never. I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. But you know, there's there's brain development that happens, and you know, they usually say in men or boys that that prefrontal cortex turning back on usually doesn't happen until 25, right around 25. Puberty ends at about that age for okay. brain development, and that was when <laughs> there was there, it was like a. It honestly was like a a switch that flipped. Okay. And I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I actually kind of like had, this. Now. I had blue one time over in Thailand. I had blue too. It was not. It, 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 was, it was definitely a, not worth the money to me. And it, when it was in Thailand, that was back in the 90s. Yeah. And now it's, you know, probably tripled the price. <laughs> Well, but it's more available. It was not available. It was like, okay, you couldn't get blue in the States. Okay. So if you're going to get blue, you got to be outside the United States. Do you remember what you paid for it? No, because the boss, the boss man paid for it. Somebody else picked up the check. Right. It's pro- <laughs> it was, it was probably 20 something a shot, but, uh, that's not that much, but back in the nineties, that, that was, was like, that was fairly high for that it. was like ninety let's see ninety seven and so ninety seven yeah. for twenty bucks is like what a hundred now well maybe know. but anyway it was to me it was like okay give me two of those blacks <laughs> yeah well so I had blue I've had Johnny Walker blue once and it was at Cregan's. Okay. And they were doing a sale on it. And it was 25 bucks a shot. Right. And this was, you know. Five years ago? No. Well, no, it was more than that. It was probably 20, 2015, 20, 2013. Somewhere between 2013 and 2015. And they were running it for 25 bucks a shot. Okay. And I was like, that's cheap. Because, you know, it's probably 50 to 100 a shot now. Oh, got to be. Got to be. And I tasted it. And I was like, this is okay. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's worth the money, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you like it, hey, heck. And you want to spend the money on it, go for it. Mm-hmm. It's just not my cup of tea. Right. It's not what I'm going to spend high dollar money on when it comes to liquor. Right. But it's very interesting, you know. And Johnny Walker Blue, for those of you who may not know, is Johnny Walker's top end and... The blended whiskeys that they have there, I think, are twenty at least twenty five years old. Something like that. There's some, yeah, I think it's at least twenty five or maybe at least thirty years old. All the all the malts that are going to there are at least thirty years old. So it that it it commands the money because if you're if you're thinking about going to buy a thirty year old bottle of scotch, you're looking at spending three four thousand dollars. Oh yeah, in a liquor store. So anyway, well. Anything else you want to talk about the grouse before we go to best on plate? I'd like to try the snow grouse, but I don't know that it would be any different than me just putting the famous grouse in the freezer. Well, it's got to be blended different if they're expecting well, it to be cold. Yeah, it's true. And and the you know the video I watched, the guy says, "Oh, this is good," and then he he tasted the the uh, cold. Of course, you couldn't smell anything, but he said, oh, this tastes much different. Yeah. And, of course, what happens when you taste something like that cold and then you pair it with whatever, as you're pairing it, the cold whiskey starts warming up and the pairing, let's say the, let's say the chocolate-covered raisins are warming up and melting into that. So that would be an interesting, definitely an interesting pairing. Right. So you you ready for best on plate? I am. Are you? I'm not sure. But let's go. Uh, ahead. I'll go ahead and go first then. Okay. Go first on your plate. My plate, it was the goat cheese. Okay. I okay. think the goat cheese went out over everything. It, the way it worked with the, the acidity of the goat cheese worked so well with everything that was going on with whiskey and kind of took both of them to a new place. And then because of how the goat cheese coats your palate and the whiskey kind of coated your palate, it's almost like you got a new experience every time. Okay. Well, tell me why, tell me why the duck ham did not 
do it. Because the goat cheese tasted better. Well, goat cheese, okay. I mean, it, so the the duck ham and the whiskey tasted great together. But I could still individually find duck ham and whiskey. They played so well together, but I could tell I could tell them apart if I really wanted to. The goat cheese came in and played amazingly with the whiskey. Uh-huh. And I couldn't tell where one stopped and the other began. Okay. Because the creaminess of the whiskey matched the creaminess of the goat cheese. Yep. The acidity of the goat cheese played off of the sweetness of the whiskey. And like I said, the other thing about it is because it, it like cleansed my palate when I ate it, I got the same experience every time. It didn't compound upon itself right. like the pepper compounded right. or the fat right. of the duck exactly. ham compounds right. exactly. on, within the whiskey. So that, for me, is why it was better. I wanted the duck ham to win out, and then I wanted Linguini to win out. But because of that pepper, now, if we next time we do that Linguini, no pepper. Then it's not that dish. It, I know. It doesn't count. You can't you can't just say, Oh, okay. let's make carbonara without one of the ingredients. Okay. Well, the carbonato I wanted it to win out, but because of that pepper, it's just like it exploded what that whiskey was doing. Yeah. Alcohol wise. It really did. And the only thing that would calm it down was the goat cheese. Yeah. And even the goat cheese had trouble calming it down. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna have to go with you on the goat cheese, the, so the duck ham. Close second. Explain, explain what you made me explain for you. Ditto. It's <laughs> <laughs> a it's such a cop out answer. Well, it was the same thing, Josh. I mean, that goat cheese because because of that acid that it had, and that sweetness and that alcohol that the whiskey had they just went together so well okay they weren't made in heaven necessarily but they were definitely better than anything else on the plate now i want to say that cookie i wanted that chocolate oatmeal cookie to win yeah a lot of ways because there was enough tree fruit there's no tree fruit in that cookie but I wanted that that tree fruit in that whiskey and the cookie to pair up and to make something made in heaven. Because it could have. I think if that cookie had been like a... Uh, oatmeal raisin? An oatmeal, well, maybe an oatmeal cranberry. Oh, okay. That would have done it. But I don't know because we didn't have it. All right. So... Now- so are you ready on? Oh, you're eating over there. On my plate, I wanted the dates to win out in a way. And in a way, they did for me. But that cheese, I have to agree with you. That cheese was spice. You know, what is what is Gorgonzola? It's not really spicy, but it's funky. Funky. Blue that cheese. funkiness of that blue cheese was a little much for this whiskey. Yeah. Now... For me, that chocolate-covered raisin was the winner because the chocolate, I got chocolateness in the whiskey and I got, you know, uh, raisins are not really a tree of fruit, but they're on the ground close enough and the raisins and the chocolate melded so well with my whiskey because the creaminess of my whiskey and that creaminess of that chocolate went so well with that raisin if there'd been like chocolate raisin peanut or almond or something like that would have been the trifecta yeah that would have been so fantastic so that was my best on plate i agree with you that the chocolate covered raisins were the best on your plate i think it matched the best with the flavors that were presenting itself in the whiskey. I mean, exactly what you said. The chocolate, the creaminess of the chocolate, that earthiness of the raisin is what matched best with yours. Yeah. So, 1896 and 2000. And 2000. 
too good whiskey. Yep. Tell you what. All right. Well, it's time for the blind, so let's get it poured up. Let me get it poured up for you. All right. So, Dad has a blind poured up for me. It is a brown liquor. It is, I'd say, a medium caramel color and looks real tasty. Definitely, definitely, I would say some oak, oak usage on it or colorage. Uh, It smells very clean. Smells a little bit on the sweeter side. You just poured it on ice, or not? I did not pour it on ice. I split it into a a standard glass. It smells on this. Like I said, it smells a little bit sweeter. It smells. It's got some dried fruits. Some definitely grain. Definitely like cooked grain on it. It is hot. Mm -hmm. I'd say there's alcohol is definitely present prevalent and there's some earthiness down there Uh, let's taste it firming that sweetness the alcohol presence is definitely there it has earthiness it has definitely grain balance there's some sort of there's there are some spices on it but it's definitely kind of driven by that earthy graininess definitely so kind of starting to conclude this as i'm going to taste it a couple different times to confirm things this has definitely had some uh, wood presence done. So we're going to throw out all those things, which usually don't. Uh, there's no real like juniper or kind of uh, botanicals in this. So I'm going to go ahead and throw out a barrel aged. It's not a barrel aged gin. So we're looking in the whiskey realm. We're looking in the cognac realm. I think because of the earthy balance and the lighter color of this, we're not looking at an aged rum. If we are, it's going to be more of that Jamaican style rum, which I don't drink very often. But it's not presenting a whole bunch of funkiness where those sorts of rums would present. Some good legs. These are some alcohol. <laughs> yeah, which I have already confirmed through the burning of my nostrils. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think because of that like earthy presence to it and there's almost like a, I hate to say it this way, but almost like an unrefined edge to this. I don't think it's a cognac. So I'm looking in the grain based distillates that are aged in wood. So I'm going in the world of whiskey here for, for this whiskey. Yes. Then have that cognac smoothness. Yeah, cognac is really rounded on the edge. It's very smooth. It's just and and it, cognac usually doesn't have that earthy kind of or funkiness this, or to this it. Hotness. Yeah. Mm. Some yeah, but, some VSs yeah. will. Some VSs will. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and call this because of exactly what I just almost did. Uh oh. Might slow it down. So I just Don't I wanted me. to I wanted to grab this ice cube and put it in the glass. Okay. because of that and this earthy grainy quality to it i think it's a rye whiskey it is because it it, it's something i want to drink Mm -hmm. it has that spicy earthy deep quality to it a little bit rough around the edges which for me a lot of rye whiskeys have that light sweetness, that earthy, funky quality, and are a little rough around the edges. So you drink a lot of rye whiskeys, right? I do. Any idea what this might be? I am not going to call that. Okay. I'd have to really think about what's in your liquor cabinet to really go there. Okay. I mean, if I had to, like... No, don't. You don't have to. Okay. But I, I do think it's rye whiskey. I think well, be- there you have it. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and put my ice in. I'm going to drink <laughs> click, this. Click. I'm going to drink this. <laughs> All right, so rye whiskey. and uh, you Not next week, but you're going to have to come back in two weeks to find out whether I'm right or whether I'm incorrect. Because next week, as the episode will release fairly close to St. Patrick's Day, what are we going to be doing, Dad? Well, you know, St. Patrick's Day is Irish, and a lot of people drink green no it's not a beer week so we're not doing green beer okay i i don't know how many times i would go which is just cheap beer with green food color yeah and and come back with my white 
tinnies with green dots on them. No. We are doing Irish cocktails, which could be a green cocktail in a lot of cases. So if it's not a traditional Irish cocktail, it can be green. Yeah, well, that could be a green Irish cocktail, too. Correct. So, I know what I'm doing to you. I don't. Okay. So, you're going to have to come back next week to find out what I'm doing. What are well, you going to do, Dad? Okay, I'm going to do the Irish eye. Oh, Irish eye. It's a it's Irish and it's green. All right. Sounds good. Well, we thank you once again for joining us here on Acquired Absolutely. Tastings. If you like what we're doing, feel free to go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow or whatever your favorite podcast platform does. So I don't know who you guys are that's in Honduras, but I'm loving it. We got, I don't have, I'm going to look, trying to look. We've got more than 20 downloads in Honduras. Josh. Well, that's great. But that is absolutely great. And we really love all of you who are, who are subscribing all. out there all, all across the world. Remember, we're out there on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Most active out there on Instagram. And not to make Australia feel bad, but you're 105, so keep on down. <laughs> so, it, we love you guys. Thank you for, for following along with us. So, for all of us here at Acquired Tastings, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, and goodbye.